Section 208 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 283. London, December 27, 1765. My dear friend, I arrived here from Bath last Monday, rather, but not much better, than when I went over there. My rheumatic pains, in my legs and hips, plague me still, and I must never expect to be quite free from them. You have, to be sure, had from the office an account of what the Parliament did, or rather did not do, the day of their meeting, and the same point will be the great object at their next meeting, I mean the affair of our American colonies, relatively to the late imposed stamp duty, which our colonists absolutely refuse to pay. The administration are for some indulgence and forbearance to those forward children of their mother country. The opposition are for taking vigorous, as they call them, but I call them violent measures, not less than les dragonnades, and to have the tax collected by the troops we have there. For my part, I never saw a forward child mended by whipping, and I would not have the mother country become a stepmother. Our trade to America brings in, communibus honest, two millions a year, and the stamp duty is estimated at but one hundred thousand pounds a year, which I would by no means bring into the stock of the exchequer, at the loss or even the risk of a million a year to the national stock. I do not tell you of the garter given away yesterday, because the newspapers will, but I must observe that the Prince of Brunswick's ribbon is a mark of great distinction to that family, which I believe is the first, except our own royal family, that has ever had two blue ribbons at a time, but it must be owned they deserve them. One hears of nothing now in town but the separation of men and their wives. Will Finch, the ex-vice-chamberlain, Lord Warwick, and your friend Lord Bolingbroke, I wonder at none of them for parting, but I wonder at many for still living together, for in this country it is certain that marriage is not well understood. I have this day sent Mr. Larpent two hundred pounds for your Christmas box, of which I suppose he will inform you by this post. Make this Christmas as merry a one as you can, for pour le peu de bon temps qui nous reste, rien ne si funeste, qu'un nur chagrin. For the new years, God send you many and happy ones. Adieu. Letter 284. London, February eleventh, 1766. My dear friend, I received two days ago your letter of the twenty-fifth past, and your former, which you mention it in, but ten days ago. This may easily be accounted for from the badness of the weather, and consequently of the roads. I hardly remember so severe a winter, it has occasioned many illnesses here. I am sure it pinched my crazy carcass so much that, about three weeks ago, I was obliged to let blood twice in four days, which I found afterwards was very necessary, by the relief it gave to my head, and to the rheumatic pains in my limbs, and from the execrable kind of blood which I lost. Perhaps you expect from me a particular account of the present state of affairs here, but if you do you will be disappointed." for no man living, and I still less than any one, knows what it is. It varies not only daily, but hourly. Most people think, and I among the rest, that the date of the present ministers is pretty near out, but how soon we are to have a new style God knows. This, however, is certain, that the ministers had a contested election in the House of Commons, and got it but by eleven votes, too small a majority to carry anything. The next day they lost a question in the House of Lords by three. The question in the House of Lords was, to enforce the execution of the Stamp Act in the colonies v et armis, 
What conclusions you will draw from these premises I do not know, but I protest I draw none, but only stare at the present undecipherable state of affairs, which in fifty years' experience I have never seen anything like. The Stamp Act has proved a most pernicious measure, for, whether it is repealed or not, which is still very doubtful, it has given such terror to the Americans, that our trade with them will not be, for some years, what it used to be, and great numbers of our manufacturers at home will be turned a starving for want of that employment which our very profitable trade to America found them, and hunger is always the cause of tumults and sedition. As you have escaped a fit of the gout in this severe cold weather, it is to be hoped you may be entirely free from it, till next winter at least. P.S. Lord, having parted with his wife, now keeps another whore, at a great expense. I fear he is totally undone. End of section 208. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.